0: from cake making to wine tasting. For more information, visit culinarycenter.com.
1: Hey, 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 I'm Jimmy Carboni from Beer Sessions Radio. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more.
2: To Eat Your Words on Heritage Radio Network. It's a lovely fall Sunday here in Brooklyn, and uh, I'm speaking with one of my my favorite bloggers, uh, food writers, and uh, I guess occasional supper club colleague (laughs) sometimes. It's Kian Lemko. Welcome.
3: Thank you for having me here
2: Well, um, thanks for writing this amazing book uh, I'm, I feel very lucky Because it comes out Tuesday So I'm getting uh, the early scoop On the beautiful book called Phoenix Claws and Jade Trees Essential Techniques of Authentic Chinese Cooking Kian, this is amazing I want to give you um, A standing ovation Thank it's you <laughs> Really, 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 truly amazing work It's heavy, it's huge There's over 150 recipes in it Um, I can tell you spent a lot of time working on it. I happen to know you have been as well. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) But it's amazing. And um, I just have to say that one one of the first thoughts I had was that this is not your elementary cookbook, Chinese or otherwise. This is very much like a next level of of uh, in-depth understanding about culinary traditions and techniques and... Just amazingly precise recipes, too. So well done.
3: Thank you. Yes. um, You know, the book uh, is focused on techniques. And I Mm -hmm. really feel very strongly about uh, learning techniques to be able to understand the cuisine itself. Um, And uh, you're you're also right that it's really not for um, a, you know, a a novice of Chinese cooking. Yeah. 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 I mean, it although, could be. It could be, although it has. A and lot, actually,
2: yeah. that novice would be so much better educated if they could skip all the, <laughs> that, is you know, the saucy, <laughs> that is actually true saucy, gloppy stuff. That is actually true
3: because they can start from the very beginning, yeah. from the very basic. Yeah. If only um, the, cover, uh, the book covers uh, a lot of basic. For example, the uh, knife techniques and mm-hmm. um, you know how to prepare special specialty ingredients. Um, and also, uh, there's a chapter on stock. On um, yeah, and I feel very important about uh, you know. Having a, uh, the basis of the food itself uh, in a, in a stock, and mm-hmm. a lot of people don't talk about that uh, yeah. in Chinese cooking. But
2: you talk about it in French cooking so much. That's
3: right. That's right. So, so this is why I feel it's important to uh, present this because you know mm-hmm. even in Chinese cooking, if you go to a professional Chinese kitchen, there's plenty of basics and yeah. like uh, you know the stock, the um, the, uh, the the um, miso plus with how mm-hmm. it was prepared uh, properly and. And the, this book starts with that. It starts yeah. with uh, a lot of the um, you know, uh, preparations. A and lot
2: book, of ingredients yeah. a that, lot that of you ingredients, go over. Right. Sauces, um, yeah. dried stuff, um, all kinds. Um, there's, You do a really thorough job here. There's um, such great descriptions of things that I, I knew and I've seen, but I didn't actually know what it was. <laughs> <laughs> For example, the red wine yeast or... Red Lees or whatever? Yeah, wine oh. Lees, yeah. That was a mystery to me for a long time, so right. thank you for right.
1: explaining.
3: Well, you know, um, uh, 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 Wine Lees is actually a very uh, common ingredient in my uh, family okay. because our family is from Fujian. Mm. And and actually the red wine leaves those are very common ingredients yeah. in, in in Fujian cooking, um, so you know I thought uh, it would be a wonderful thing to actually present some of the regional flavors into yeah. the book, so at, uh, you know to let people. Um, uh, open up their eyes to some of the other r- regional cooking, rather than just the basic Cantonese and Sichuan and Hunan cooking.
2: You're so right. Thank you so much. And and that's one ingredient I was like, I don't know if I'm going to include that because a, <laughs> it's hard to find in my in my Taiwanese cookbook, right, right. and b, nobody has written about it yet. So now now that you have kind of broke that barrier maybe I should uh, <laughs> <go back. laughs>
3: oh no i love your your your, ah. your the your food of taiwan cookbook that is a fabulous <laughs> book i love well, yeah
2: thank you so much um just you know just this book though um let me just back up a little bit cuz you've been writing the blog red cook for a long time. Correct. Did you? Uh, I like sta- 10 years or no. so? No, no.
3: I started the um, block um, early spring of 2007. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's eight years. Eight years. Yeah. yeah, so it's been about eight years. And um, and I, to be very honest with you, I've been uh, um, spending most of my time the last three years just working on this mm-hmm. book and did a lot of research going to China and visiting some cooking school and and visited some chefs wow. in restaurants and you know tried to learn uh, the local flavors and also the techniques and so on yeah. so so it was it was a long project <laughs> yes like you say, actually, actually uh, at some point <laughs> some of my friends thought of this as being my phantom book <laughs> <laughs>
2: No, but um, did you think, though, all along, um, while you're writing the blog, that you would want to eventually complete uh, this cookbook?
3: Well, um, uh, when I first moved to uh, America, this is uh, um, more than 20 years ago, I mean, Mm -hmm. like, dating myself here <laughs> but, <laughs> from Singapore, uh, from Singapore. Yeah. I went to school in Boston and um, during that time you know one of the things that I really miss is a good home Chinese cooking and mm. and I wasn't I you know I wasn't able to find any cookbook that really uh, explained the basic of Chinese cooking mm-hmm. yes there are cookbooks that has recipes and such and I really enjoy them uh, but you know I always wonder why do we have to Blanch or pre-cook the the meat before we do a braise, for example. You know, it, it's always a mystery to me, mm. and, and I yeah, sort of why? and I, I, for a while there I thought, well, you know, I want to skip it. But what it does is actually um, uh,
2: uh, it removes the it removes
3: a lot of toxins, the imp- yeah, the, the, the impurities Purities. when you when you when you parboil it, and so when you cook a braise, it came up beautifully clean. The sauce mm. is is beautiful, no specks, um, right, yeah. right. So that's so there is a reason why we we have to do all that and, and and I was you know I wasn't able to find any book that really discussed that mm. and so this is when I started doing a lot of um, like um Re, uh, research, question, uh, research yeah. and asking my family um, and whenever I go back to Asia I would buy some Chinese cookbook to try to f- uh, find out about it mm-hmm. um, so there's a lot of this background that I've already had for for like the last 20 years mm-hmm. uh, and when I started writing the blog that's when I say well you know perhaps I could put all this knowledge and And you know, um, uh, put a book together, and that was that was sort of how it came about.
2: Yeah, make the kind Uh, of book that you wish you had as a college student. That's right. Yeah, you know, there's a a lot of those questions. I can't even get that from my family members. So, (laughs) (laughs) thank you. (laughs) Like, because you just do that. I don't know. Uh, (laughs) No, but um, so uh, red cooking is your. Uh, blog's name and that's a technique in its in itself. That's so right. you can tell that you're definitely focused on, right? Um, yeah, like explaining and drawing out and expanding upon these topics around technique and 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 basic traditions. And what I love about this cookbook, it's not like this hit list of top dishes, you know, familiar, right. the most familiar, famous, whatever dishes right. from China. It's more about like here. You know how to dry stir fry, and now you can make that with whatever you have.
3: Correct, and I think that's also what the, the purpose of the book is to empower a you know a cook to be able to take whatever they learn and then be innovative with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, so knowing techniques, you can then you know uh, put in a lot of your own twist to it. Mm-hmm. You, you don't have to keep following the exact same recipe. In fact, um, you know the recipes uh, in the book really is there to illustrate the techniques rather than to you know give you a uh, um, you know, multitude yeah. of of uh, options for cooking but uh, uh, it's important to take a, to look at the recipe as a guideline and this mm-hmm. is how you actually apply the technique itself and 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 and, and also every technique i describe uh, how you can make uh, uh, you know a little variation uh, variations. That's, that's it yeah, yeah so
2: with these techniques in mind you can really know what you feel like uh, making for dinner at any given time.
3: Absolutely, yeah.
2: Um, oh, like this mouth-watering rabbit uh, Sichuan dish, right? With that numbing hot right. right. mala. Um, yeah. Well, that you can make that with that
3: rabbit dish. Actually, it, it's called mouth-watering sauce, and and it really mm-hmm. is based on a chicken dish. Uh, but yeah. I, but I've sort of switched it with the rabbit, and and it really um, I think it goes really well with the with, with the rabbit itself. So mm. yeah.
2: Yeah, that's that's a good ingredient. If you if you're ever n- not sure what to do with rabbit, <laughs> I, like that's actually a tough ingredient to work with. It is. Um, uh, but yeah. yeah, so how did you? I'm really curious how you decided on the dishes because did you, were these like a lot of things that you? I know that there's some famous dishes certainly um, throughout it, but for the most part, how did you settle on? say Math rotting rabbit or um your stir fry on the cover which is oh wait that's the chum chum tough <laughs> fun. Uh, <tough> fun. Yeah. <laughs> wait there was one other one that was just sort of like oh i don't know asparagus and shrimp right. you know
3: the fried rice yeah, yeah
2: like these aren't like kind of like i don't know what do you call it like set-in-stone dishes. Right. Was it your own decisions?
3: Yes, that is my own mm-hmm. decision. I think the reason that I wanted to do that is to also, not only to um, present the technique, I also wanted to show people that you know they can be very um, uh, innovative with it. Mm-hmm. So, So fried rice, it doesn't have to be just uh, sausage fried rice with, you know, celery and carrots and, and, and peas. And, right. And, and I mean, you know, you can do that and it's delicious. But, uh, you know, with, uh, with, with the technique that you know what to do with, you mm-hmm. can put in uh, all kinds of ingredients to it. Yeah. And, and that shrimp and asparagus fried rice is just an example of how, what, right. how to do
2: it absolutely and I, I think it shows that we're, we're moving away from this like oh what's that called kind of culture around mm-hmm. Chinese food which I I've heard a lot and I'm like well it's um it's uh bell peppers and <laughs> it's uh some chicken <laughs> no really this is um uh, quite a and you know
3: the Chinese cook very seasonally too. Mm-hmm. So I think it's it would be great for people to learn how to, um, you know, stir fry, for example, and then and then say go to a green market and and find ingredients and say oh good I'm gonna. Uh, you know, pick up some um, green peppers or or, or some um, fiddleheads friend even in the spring, and then you know uh, stir fry it with say you know a wonderful uh,
2: garlic chive. G- yes, yes, yeah. whatever. So there are
3: all <laughs> kinds of stuff that you can you can uh, as long as you know that you know uh, picking some uh, certain ingredients would work well with the other. Right, and also th- then the technique itself on how to uh, create the fr- uh, stir fry.
2: Do you think uh, or what do you think is like the biggest misperception when it comes to Chinese cooking because this is a, something that intimidates a lot of people I know you've spent a lot of time teaching so you maybe you've heard a lot of perspectives um, right like, I think
3: you know? uh, wh- one of I think one of the biggest misconception of Chinese cooking is that uh, in a stir fry is the only the thing. The only
2: thing is, uh, is stir fry. It's
3: stir-frying because every, everywhere you go, people say, say I want to learn Chinese cooking. They want to learn how to stir-fry. But, you know, stir-fry is only one of, mm-hmm. the, of the techniques. And there's so many other, um, you know, the braising techniques, the mm-hmm. um, you know, steaming, the, um, the deep-frying. There are all kinds of deep-frying techniques. Uh, and all these, I think, uh, you know, most Americans are not familiar with uh, so I th- so this book really basically wanted to introduce all that and also um, cold dishes for example mm-hmm. you know m- most Americans when they go to a Chinese restaurant rarely would order a, a cold dish oh
2: that's interesting
3: and, and you know they're not familiar with it but mm-hmm. uh, but there's a huge repertoire of Chinese uh, cold mm-hmm. dishes then yeah yeah so <laughs> yeah so
2: um, what was i going to say <laughs> Oh yes, I love how you explained the term stir frying. That was actually coined by a cookbook in the forties, and that like so, and it's actually come come. Com, um, they are taking three or four different styles into one. Is that right? Or what's the story behind stir frying and how we came well, to know that?
3: Okay, um, you know the, the basic. Technique for a stir fry really is uh, a, a simple um, uh, set of process of cooking, which is, uh, you know, do you start with the um, um, and, uh, protein ingredients and then mm-hmm. you 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 add on all the supplementary ingredients and so on.
2: Hot fire, in, yeah. in a
3: very hot fire, mm-hmm. and it's very hot fire. And uh, but most Americans just think of it as that's it, you know. But, yeah. Uh, but there are a lot. There's a lot of differences between um, uh, you know different way of stir frying for. for example, there's what I call a moist stir-fry and a dry Mm -hmm. stir-fry. Between those two, Alone, um, you know, there's a difference between what the result is. Yeah. Uh, with the moist stir fry, you end up with sauces in the in in the dish itself. Whereas with the dry stir fry, the, the you know the flavoring ingredients basically just coat the the food and not create the pool of sauce. And you have that kind of
2: like sear that we get. That's right. Um that That's right. I guess we would know as searing. So so right. stir searing maybe right. <laughs> is, right. that our there is for
3: a better uh, term. is the Cantonese mm-hmm. term for that 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 searing, that sort charring charring as Flavor Mm. Um, and Grace Young coined the terms, um, you know, um, breath of the walk, and that's been like very popularized now. Everybody talk about breath of the walk, and that's That's really scent, right? Refer to um, uh, the walk hay. Mm
2: -hmm. All right, well, so much to talk about. Um, We're going to cut to a quick little commercial interlude interlude and be right back.
1: attention are you there hello 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 i'm talking to you hi hey this is jack insley i'm the executive producer here at heritage radio network i've been here at the station since 2009 and i cannot believe just how much this network has grown over that time we've been able to grow because of donations from people like you so if you're enjoying this if you laughed if you learned something contribute anything a dollar, two dollars, ten dollars, a hundred dollars, $1, a thousand dollars, anything counts. And trust me, we'll appreciate seeing your name come through on the donations. So consider visiting heritageradionetwork.org. Click on that little beating heart, the donate button, and show us you care. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoy the rest of the show.
0: The International Culinary Center is a proud sponsor of the heritageradionetwork.org. The ICC,
2: with locations in New York and California, provide cutting-edge education to future chefs, restaurateurs, and wine professionals. We're proud to claim Dan Barber, Bobby Flay, and David Chang among our honored alumni. This is Dorothy can Hamilton from Chef Story. Check out our ICC website at internationalculinarycenter.com. Hey, you're listening to Heritage Radio Network, and we're on Eat Your Words. Um, my guest today is Kian Lamco, and his new book coming out Tuesday is phoenix claws and jade trees let's talk a little bit about that title because you have uh we were just talking about walk and some of the descriptive metaphors throughout chinese culinary um uh traditions um right breath of the walk for instance what is um <clears throat> well i know what phoenix claws is
3: <laughs>
2: <It's> <laughs> one of my favorite foods right
3: well you know uh when i first started uh, it's chicken feet,
2: the by the way. The concept
3: of the <laughs> book—it is chicken feet. Um, but when when I first started, uh, uh, you know, looking at the the, uh, the vision of the book, um, one of the things that I wanted to do is to demystify the Chinese cooking, mm-hmm. and you know, Chinese uh, dishes name are always so poetic, very mm-hmm. you know, it has all these diff- weird uh, terms and so on. So I thought, wouldn't it be great to be able to explain to people? uh um, what, what all is this, the phoenix uh, Clause? right right not exactly not a mythical thing right and uh, so i thought you know this is great to to explain chicken feet is actually called phoenix claws when you when it's uh, when it's presented in the chinese menu um jade trees uh, really is a representation broccoli? of uh, bro- uh, chinese broccoli okay. right chinese broccoli Gailan. Gailan. right right so um,
2: uh, and there's so many dishes that have crazy names and sometimes we forget what they mean, but exactly. uh, or why they're called that. But right. I'm remembering. You have a lot of examples here, but um, like ants climbing a log or something like yeah, that, right, right. Um, which means like the little bits and pieces of right. ground pork on noodles.
3: Right. And actually, there's a dish called uh, uh, stir-fried fly fly. Fly's head. head. I saw that right. too. Right. So that's that's a very um, Taiwanese <laughs> dish. Actually. Yeah, well, Yeah. Uh, uh, so Purportedly supposed to be a Sichuan dish, but yes. it has become very popular in tai- Absolutely. Taiwan. Absolutely,
2: it's similar yeah. to like a sort of ground pork meat sauce. Yes, that I make. Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. Um, that doesn't. Yeah, flies head and ants climbing a log might not sound like the most pretty descriptors, but there's plenty more. <laughs> um.
3: <laughs> well, there's beggar's chicken, beggar's which chicken? I love. Is to uh, a chicken that's wrapped oh. in lotus leaves and then Ooh. and then covered with. Uh, um, clay, mm-hmm. uh, and then it's roasted in the clay. So when you crack open the clay, you know, you so you've cool. got an incredible aroma coming out from the uh, chicken. So that... There's there's a lot of different things. So, um, you know, I think the reason that um, uh, Chinese cooking is, is... So
2: metaphorical. Yeah, why? Right,
3: It's because uh, Chinese food is... Closely related to a lot of the um, scholars in ancient Chinese, um, his, you know, historically. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of these poets, a lot of the um, uh, uh, you know ch- uh, scholars, Chinese scholars, they all are gourmet themselves, and and they usually are the ones that that describe in literature. They describe it in their poetry. They describe it in you know in their. Written reports, uh, all about um, Mm. the dishes that they eat, and that's how they come up with very flowery, very poetic names. That makes so
2: much sense. So, I mean, for a culture that has a a cuisine going back to, for I don't know how long, thousands, thousands of years, years. yeah, the people who are recording it are, are like sort of the upper echelons That's of right. thinkers of their day. That's right.
3: <laughs> well, and the truth is, um, you know, most of the um, the very sophisticated, complicated dishes um, started in the um, in the Chinese court, mm-hmm. um, and so these are all very upper upper echelon people that 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 enjoy, you know, good I see. food.
2: The good food. The
3: good food. And it was. I think it was not until the Song Dynasty, which is about. Um, um, uh, Twelve hundred years ago, maybe mm-hmm. uh, that's when uh, more restaurants and tea houses beginning to open up for the populace, and that's because you know it was it was a period of very. Um, wealthy economically in China mm-hmm. and it was a, a, a period of peaceful existence mm. and so there are a lot of restaurants and
2: food was food, flourishing. Food was, yes, absolutely. Wonderful. Yeah. I love how you have this like really extensive history um, and there's a timeline of Chinese history in your book. Um, there's You have um, detailed sort of excerpts on each of the major cuisines like Fujian cuisine and um, that's where you're from, That's right? Where I'm yeah, from. correct. correct. Um, and Hunan mm. and Sichuan, and, and we're um, and each one is sort of a tribute, or each recipe has a, a cu- cuisine usually attributed to it. Right. Um, although there is probably some some more generalized,
3: right? There, you know, are, there are those that are more generalized that I label it as being home style.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And do you think that? Um, well, it's it, it's helpful to kind of understand the history of. Of, and regionality when making a dish mm-hmm. um, that like it just adds more than just you know I, I guess story to your meal, but like right. it helps you understand how to cook it better
3: definitely because yeah. there are certain um, flavor profile. Mm-hmm. That's uh, very, you know very closely identified with the region, and and I think it's important for you to understand how that flavor profile came about. Mm-hmm. Um, for example, you know Sichuan cooking, the ma la, which is a numbing and spicy hot taste, you know it came about uh, because uh, uh, the chili was introduced in, into um, uh, the, the Chinese. Uh, you know from the, from americas. the americas yeah. right, so it 's not really native, mm-hmm. but uh, when when Chile was introduced um, into the china. Uh, the Sichuan area there are people have, they're familiar with spicy food because right. they've always had this uh, Sichuan peppercorn with them <laughs> and so they combine the two and, and it becomes mala, it becomes uh, the numbing and the spicy fascinating hot. yeah and, and I think it's great to understand where it came from and, and uh, you know so you can produce dishes that really uh has its roots,
2: and, and you wouldn't find this elsewhere in in China. I mean, you might find it at like a specialty, like hey, we're a Sichuan restaurant kind of mm-hmm. place, but um, mm-hmm. like the, they're so distinct, each region. Um,
3: Correct. Yeah.
2: And uh, was that yeah. intimidating though to make a cookbook that has? all of it
3: <laughs> well you know when I first wrote the book I uh, so to think thinking of the book I re, it wasn't really uh, intended as a particular regional cooking because mm-hmm. I wanted to discuss the, the technique the itself, itself.
2: Absolutely. because uh,
3: you know many of the techniques are, are general and mm-hmm. you can apply to many of the different regional cooking um, although there are a few that's very specific to a region but in general you know the, all, most of the techniques are, 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 are common
2: universal
3: yeah. right, um, so 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 to me, uh, it wasn't as tech, uh, you know, um, as a, uh, intimidating in that mm-hmm. sense. That, that I, just, I was just talking. Yeah, yeah. So the um, uh, the re- regional aspect of it uh, came about because I feel that we need to um, explain to people the the background mm-hmm. of, of all these flavors, and, and that's how it, it came about.
2: Um, And just kind of like going back, what are sort of like the major regions that you would say um, in Chinese cooking?
3: Well, okay. There is, you know, you may have heard this eight major regional cooking that Chinese and and that really it was... um, Put together during the uh, you know late eighteenth um, ni- century and early nineteenth uh, mm-hmm. century when when, when people, people were yeah were trying book to books that, and that so forth. when they're beginning to like really record you yeah. know, the, uh, cooking and so on and so they came up with these eight regions um, you know but the eight regions only include the Han. Cooking. Uh, it doesn't yeah. include a lot of the minorities.
2: Mon- right, right, the right. There are
3: all these minorities cookings so that they're just not, um, uh, you know, included in in these eight, eight uh, classifications. So if you wanted to look at it from the modern standpoint, mm-hmm. you know, then there's a whole lot more um, style of cooking than just the there eight. Really is. yeah.
2: Yeah, I feel like that has like kind of stuck um with a lot of people this sense of regionality, which is very true. Mm-hmm. Um because it's a, such a vast country. country yeah. Um uh but it's um yeah, there's a lot of um back and forth and groups within each region and so forth that um we're not quite privy to yet but i love how you combine all this history in your in your book and i can't imagine how you managed to and then the food therapy you have, um, you know, talking about how food is thought of in a in a very traditional Chinese medicine sense as you know helping to
3: correct all yeah. your
2: energies and everything.
3: Right, so. right. I mean, you know, we the Chinese uh, always thought of food as uh, as part of of the daily therapy. Yeah. Um, you know, you you we eat seasonally um, for a very specific reason. For example, in the winter, you would want. You know, uh, yang uh, food, which is which supposedly uh, keep you warm in the winter, <laughs> and in the summer you want to eat ying food because it uh, cool. it cools you down. As so a cucumber. yeah, yeah, <laughs> and also then and then you know if you are uh, let's say if you have a little bit of a um, a, a coughing fit, for example, you know mm-hmm. um, we would we would then try to eat a couple uh, you know the different uh, pear soups with chuan um, which is a, a type of herbs that uh, help uh, you know uh, clear your lungs. So, ah. so these are all there are all these little things that, to be honest, even I am not familiar uh, yeah, yeah. with. Yeah, no, but it's but so
2: ingrained. It, in it, it is, the food but correct,
3: correct. That's exactly it. Yeah.
2: I love how you just really demystify that really beautifully, um, and it's it's not just a chicken soup for it's a one one <laughs> right. dish solution for everything. Right. Oh, here's another good one: red cooked lion's head. Um, these are the meatballs right. They're very these common these big, days huge
3: meatballs. <laughs>
2: And they're very home style um, And this is a dish that I think That a lot of people Who are not uh, Chinese Or uh, haven't been there themselves Wouldn't think to order But it's such a familiar dish It's mm-hmm. like these giant pork meatballs It's very essentially. comforting it, it's, like, yeah, it's so universal yeah. Yeah. And it's easy to make at home um, it's kind of like a dumpling without the skin. That's that right. right. That's yeah. right. Yeah. It is, <laughs>
3: uh, and it's um, and one other thing about this particular uh, you know type of meatball is that it has a lot of moisture in it. Mm-hmm. So it's um, because you, you uh, when you make them you actually add a little bit of the uh, you know pureed. Um, um, uh, liquid from scallion and ginger and it really makes it very moist so mm. when you bite into it, it's so soft and tender and it's just lots of flavor, it's wonderful it's a wonderful uh, um, uh, home style sort of it comfort is. food Yes. Yeah. it
2: is um, I guess la- we're almost out of time here but do oh. you have an absolute favorite dish you think everyone should make right away?
3: well, uh, you know, I'm Bias towards the red cooked pork yeah. I mean, that, is, that is like what my absolute that's favorite true. dish in, uh, that's it, your signature that's my signature <laughs> but still uh, it's, it is one of the uh, dishes that I loved because uh, we grow up um, eating that dish at home mm-hmm. almost once a week. Every every week there's there would always be a red cooked pork, and you know it's uh, it's it's just so you grew familiar. Up eating
2: red cooked pork belly yes, once a week. Yes, yes. Well, you're looking very fit. I well. gotta say. <laughs>
3: <laughs> thank you. But, so anyway, that's, that moderation. that would be yes, that wow. would be my favorite dish.
2: Wonderful. Well, I can't wait to see. Um, Uh, How many people enjoy this book? I'm sure I'll be hearing about it so much in the the next time to come. So thanks so much for joining us, Kian.
3: Thank you for having me here. All
2: right. And um, we'll see you next week. Oops. On Eat Your Words, today's engineer is Liz Smith. Today's... Break music was provided by The Landing. The theme song to my show is the, by the California Honey Drops. Our sponsor today is the International Culinary Center. And also thank you, listener, for tuning in. If you like what you hear, tune in to the show on iTunes, or feel free to get in touch with us at heritageradionetwork.org. Next up, a short clip from Evolutionaries, found right here on Heritage Radio Network.
4: I think talking about the ingredients is, is I don't know if disingenuous is the right thing, but I, I find it a little tiresome to say, well, we go and get the best ingredients. No shit, we get the best ingredients too. Chef Wiley Dufresne shares his thoughts on ingredients and cooking. Now, if you want to talk about the farmers, you want to talk about the people who are putting their hands in the ground, because that's a really hard job. That job's not fun at all. And I think that we can talk about them. Forever and I think we should talk about them The people that help harvest Our, our ingredients are Important but to talk about Well we got this really good duh, 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 Okay me too You know it's your job As a chef to start with the best Ingredients what you choose to do with them is, I think, totally up to you. And, and one is not right and one is not wrong. I do think it's wrong to start with, well, we get, uh, let's talk about these ingredients. Like, I don't, we don't talk about the beautiful fish that we have flown in from Japan twice a week for you because we believe that you should expect us to source good ingredients. And that's, that's my feeling is that any chef worth his or her weight wants to start with good product. For any number of reasons. You want to have good product? You want to have good equipment to work with that product? Is somebody out there going, I have the crappiest ingredients in rusty pans, and we make awesome food. Come on down. I mean, nobody's saying that. That's crazy. No, we start with good ingredients, and we we have an approach of how we want to handle them and what we want to do with them, as does every other chef. And I think let's talk, talk about what you're doing. Not talk about where you shopped because that's not as compelling a story. For more of Wiley's stories and thoughts, listen to
1: Evolutionaries, available on iTunes and HeritageRadioNetwork dot org. Thanks for listening to this program on HeritageRadioNetwork dot org. You can find all of our archive programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes Store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore Radio. You can email us questions anytime at info@heritageradionetwork.org. At Heritage Radio Network is a five hundred one c three nonprofit. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.